So, what are we looking at in this particular painting? Two women. Okay, two women. That's that's good. It's good. A little nondescript, but yeah, it's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Anything happening with these women that's important? Okay, okay, so one over here looks kind of ill, and one over here looks like she's praying or maybe something like that next to her, over her. Now, how do you know this young lady uh, on the left here in this painting uh, is ill? Yeah, she's very pale. So, like, the first clue, I think, is the coloration compared to her mom or whoever this is here. Um, I know this is an impressionistic painting, so it's not clear, but um, you know, like some of the other, like the other painting I showed you, but you can see her coloration of her face uh, and hands is different than her coloration of her face and hands. Um, so, so that's the, the definitely big clue, right? Big clue. So, so we're hitting these big clues. What's the next clue? She's in bed, yeah, or something like that, yeah. Um, now, let's think about that. Is she actually in bed? Yeah, this could be a chair or something. Um, yeah, it looks like she's propped up with pillows. So maybe she's in a chair with some, maybe an ottoman or stool underneath here, and she's propped up with pillows. What is this thing right here? A cat. A what? A cat. A cat? No, no right, right here, right this right here. Uh, mm. It looks like it could be the back of the chair. Well, it, it looks like the back of the chair, but I don't think a chair would be that tall. Um, because she looks like an older, you know, maybe a teenage girl. I think this is like a mirror or something hung on the wall and she's just propped up against, you know, she, her back is pushed up against this here. Now, why is she in this room instead of being in her bed? No, 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 she's not giving birth. This is, this is not birth. Uh, what was that? She wants to be able to look out the window. Maybe she wants to look out the window. That's, that's one because there's a window over here, maybe. That's possible. Uh, they, they can't move, but let's, this is the 1800s again. A, it looks like there's a lock at the bottom right. And a door or something? Yeah, there's some drawers over here, maybe a lock. Other side? Maybe. Hard to say. Um, well, okay, so here's my perspective. This is the 1800s. She's in a room alone upstairs in her house or something because quarantine. she's quarantined. Right? She doesn't, whoever the family, the mom and whoever else is in the family, doesn't want her downstairs or wherever with the rest of the kids because whatever it is that she has is probably not, you know, is contagious. Right? And chances are, once again, just like this is the 1800s, like last week, what might she be suffering from? Most likely. Yeah, tuberculosis, most likely, you don't know, right? No way to tell. But I'd, of all the things, uh, is most likely, most common that it would be like TV. Now what else about her shows you that she's sick? There's like two other big clues. Her hair loss, very good, so she looks kind of balding up over here. And what else about her hair? It's stringy or matted, right? So, so uh, she's not <clears throat> taking care of her appearance, you know, so she's just lying in bed for, um, and that suggests that, that she's been lying in bed for a couple of hours or what? Right, so she's been lying in bed for a while, days, weeks maybe. You know, hard to say exactly, but she's, she's been in bed for a, for a while. Um, so so, so that's, what, that's what that suggests. Um, now, what do you think, like uh, Carolyn said, that maybe the mom is praying over her, and there's another interpretation of what might be happening. That the mom is falling asleep? 
Oh, I hadn't thought of that, I, actually. When I see it, I get the sense that she's ill, and it's hard for whoever this woman is, but that she's controlling Right, right. That's another version to look at it. Like, Mom, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. You know, I'm strong uh, kind of thing. So, uh, it, you know, it's, and it, there's no right or wrong, right? This is all, we're all just, you know, making conjectures, you know, here. That's the most important thing. Just as an aside, um, this was uh, this artist, uh, uh, Ed Munch, from Germany also uh, painted another extremely famous painting. Um, and do you know what that is? The Scream. You know The Scream, right? That's him, same uh, painter, um, very different subject matter, uh, but same, uh, same you know, artist. So interesting uh, thing to note. Um, but so once again, just like last week, we look at these things and we see more things start coming out and more things like, you know, we can, we can argue what is she leaning against and argue is she in a bed or is she in a chair? Is she upstairs? Is she looking out a window or what, what et cetera? But the thing is, is the details, right? I want you to get the details. I want you to get them quickly. So th that's what I want you to start really thinking about when we look at these different uh, paintings. Now I'm going to show you one that you might be a bit more familiar with. You probably all know this one, right? Starry Night, Vincent Van Gogh. Um, quite a character, um, had a lot of fascinating psychological issues, um, but an amazing artist. Um, and a shame that I think he only sold like one or two of his paintings and actually while he was uh, alive, which is really a shame. Um, so, so now what I really love about Starry Night is um, there are two vastly different perspectives to Starry Night. So let's see. The, the first perspective that most people have when they look at Starry Night is what? Like, what's, what's your most typical first impression is? A beautiful night sky. Yeah, beautiful night sky. You know, and this is the moon, and here's the stars, and there's some clouds over a city. Um, and that's, that's one perspective for sure, right? Absolutely. And I like that perspective. I'm an optimist for the most part. So uh, I look at this, I like to think optimism. The colors are light and pretty. Um, so I'd like to think optimism, but there's a vastly different interpretation of this painting. Uh, would anybody care to venture what that is? I think it looks spooky. It does look spooky? Yeah. Okay, good. Why does it look spooky? I don't know, dark bush or tree in the front, Yeah, this is kind of a spooky thing here in the front. The of the sky. Yes, yes, true. So, so that, that looks kind of spooky, and, and I, I want you to look in this area here, the bottom a right-hand portion of this painting, for another illustration of what could, e could either be lovely or spooky uh, thing. Yeah, so, so very good, very good. Uh, so, so, so Aaron said this could be a flood coming, so like this might be a tsunami or something about to, you know, crashing into this town. This is fire from a previous, like, you know, smaller a devastating, you know, thing, and this is just like the flames licking up, and the reason it's all, you know, kind of swirly is because of the smoke in the air and stuff, so it really depends on your perspective as to what you're looking at here. Um, I don't know what Van Gogh had in mind. Um, I haven't really studied um, his interpretation of this, but I just think it's really interesting. Once again, there's two sides, right, to everything, and when you look at, at, um, at this, we can see, and I choose to see, uh, a beautiful night that my wife and I are going to take a walk around and say, what a pretty place this is in Italy or wherever it happens to be. Um, 
And, but other people might look at this and see something completely different, right? They may see this tragic uh, scene about to you know, occur. He probably just opened the door saying, why are they looking at Vincent van Gogh in a chiropractic class? Um, so, um, so, but I think that's an important thing to understand, right? We, we always have to contrast these two different you know, pieces because there's always two sides to the story, right? Um, when, when someone, um, if something happens, we have to be open to the interpretation, right? Um, when someone, when a child comes in, we have to be open to the understanding that sometimes there's something more happening and you have to, your gut is going to speak to you and you need to listen to it, right? A lot of, of us, myself included, uh, going through school especially, I was trained to shut my gut down, right? I was trained to go at the right answer and, you know, choose this and it was like everything was, was very much like, you know, very concrete, regimented. But sometimes there's something that isn't concrete that's happening and we need to be open to that occurrence because if we're close to that occurrence, we're going to miss a lot of things. You know, if we're close to that occurrence, we're going to miss a lot of opportunities um, that might be happening uh, along the way. We're, we're going to be close to the opportunities that a patient might be presenting something and might be saying something but meaning something completely different, right? Like sometimes, and I'm sure this is the same, this is the same relationships, whether it's the same with patient to doctor or is, is you know, partner to partner relationships. Sometimes when someone says, how are you doing? And you like, look at that person and you're like, this person doesn't look right, right? And they're, oh, fine, I'm fine, I'm totally fine, totally fine, fine, good. Yep, everything's good. And then your brain is saying, this person isn't fine, right? Your heart is trying to interpret this saying, I am not getting fine out of what he or she looks like and what he or she is saying. But then you just blow it off. And you say, okay, okay, good, glad you're fine. All right, that's cool. But then you miss a huge golden opportunity because what that person really meant by, like, some people use the word I'm fine, meaning, like, I'm really in trouble, right? And otherwise they'll say I'm great, I'm fantastic, whatever, and they say I'm fine. That's, like, your clue, and you're supposed to know that. And a lot of times that's very challenging relationships because you need to, like, read between the lines. And someone could say later on when they were saying, why didn't you ask me how I was feeling? I did it. You said you were fine. Well, you, I was fine, but I, I didn't mean I was fine, right? I meant like I was fine, like you need to ask me why. I just said fine because usually I say excellent, super duper, you know, that kind of thing. So fine is not what I usually say. You should know that, right? So that's an important thing to understand in relationships, whether it's patient to patient or, or person to person. You need to read between the lines and don't just take what you hear right, as what's going on. And don't just take someone deep into the head bobble as what's going on, right? One of the biggest mistakes I see in practice, especially when you first get to know a patient, is, is you say, do you understand? And what is the person going to say? Uh-huh, right? And the head bobble, right? Like, like you know, those little things you get at, at the Braves Stadium, you know, the head bobbles for the, the, the Braves, you know? And like, yeah, uh-huh, I understand. And they don't understand anything you're saying, but you just go, okay, good, you understand. Right? This is a bad question, do you understand? Right? If you, want, if you really want to ask someone if they understand, say, explain to me what I just said. Like, give me in your words what I just said. Uh, right? And now you get the deer in the headlight look because either they weren't, remember, most people when you're talking, they're not listening. You need to understand that too. Most people when you're, ta you're doing your report of findings and here's the x-rays and Here's the subluxation. You see how the disc plane line and George's line here and and shh, right? And they're like not hearing you at all. And you say, do you understand? They're like, 
sure, yep, yep, whatever you just said, the submarine, <laughs> right? And that's because they didn't catch what you're saying. And then you wonder why they drop out of care. Then you wonder why, where did that person go? Every time I call them up, they're not coming in, they had appointments and they stopped, right? Because they didn't get the value of what you're saying. You, may, you have to make sure that you are reading through their interpretation. And you have to look at people's eyes and body language to really get it. So when someone says, I'm fine, but their hands are crossed, like this, I'm fine, right? And the lips are pierced, yeah, I got it, yep. They say, I'm fine, or I got it, I understand. They don't understand, they don't have it, they're not fine, right? And you need to be able to get really good with that, right? Building rapport, right? And you need to build rapport very quickly with patients, especially with kids, right? Kids don't give you a second chance. You blow it the first time, they're very closed off. So you really need to work, this is a skill, right? And that's why I'm teaching you this stuff because I feel like if you can learn this visual skill with paintings, maybe you can start learning it with people you know, as well.